Hello Rebels, you're listening to a free audio-only recording of my show, The Gun Show. My guest tonight is Robbie Picard of Oil Sand Strong. Now, if you like listening to this podcast, then you will love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to premium content. That's what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching my weekly show as well as other great TV-style shows too, like Ezra's nightly Ezra Levant show and David Menzies' fun Friday night show, Rebel Roundup. It's only eight bucks a month to subscribe or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for our podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code podcast. When you subscribe, just go to the rebel.media slash shows to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you find your podcast. Those reviews are a great way to support the Rebel without ever having to spend a dime. And now please enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. Kinder Morgan's Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion is on hold yet again for more legal wrangling. What does this mean for the federal election that was just called today? I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed and you're watching The Gun Show. alarming trend these days. It's pretty recent and it's built on the tried and true template of calling anyone to the right of Chairman Mao a racist or alt-right with no evidence whatsoever. It's just assumed. Now this new trend is this. If you oppose the carbon tax or radical environmentalism or the foreign funding of these radical environmentalists, you are now sexist and against human rights. Just yesterday when Jason Kenney the Premier of Alberta announced the details of his new inquiry into the foreign funding attacking Alberta's oil patch. Amnesty International came out and said that tracing money back to foreign billionaires would somehow violate the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Bizarre, right? It gets worse. I've seen a spate of articles lately detailing the trials and tribulations of female environmentalists. And the articles have tried to blame Donald Trump, Premier Jason Kenney, and my guest tonight for any manner of inconveniences, real or imagined, or abuse, real or imagined, directed at these women. Robbie Picard held up a sign at the unveiling of Premier Jason Kenney's energy war room that called the founder of Forest Ethics and Stand Earth the enemy of the oil sands. And given that she's dedicated most of her life to shutting down the oil sands, I think that's a pretty fair assessment of Sephora Berman. And yet the media is painting that event as some sort of misogynistic attack from Robbie, who happens to be gay and Métis and from the place Berman called Mordor. He's from Fort McMurray. So my friend Robbie joins me tonight to discuss these new shut-uppery tactics and the cancellation of the Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain Pipeline one more time and how he took the fight to a documentary film crew that came up to Fort McMurray. Stay tuned for the interview we recorded yesterday afternoon coming up next. Now 
now from his home in Fort McMurray is Robbie Picard from Oil Sand Strong. Hey, Robbie, thanks for joining me. There's a heck of a lot uh, to talk about right now. But first, I want to talk about you um, because you fought back when a documentary film crew came to Fort McMurray and you decided that these people aren't going to come to your town, tell lies about your town um, without any sort of opposition or pushback from the locals. And you led the charge, didn't you? Yeah, you know, um, I wasn't um, entirely sure what the, the what I guess what they were trying to do. Um, it was it was definitely an interesting thing. So I organized a small group of people to kind of just say, like, uh, I can't even count. Like, apparently, there's another four documentaries about Fort McMurray being filmed right now. Um, yeah. But I just wanted to say, like, look, why are you guys constantly flying here? And <clears throat> you know, asking questions about Tillman's Pond, wanting to tell our story or um, why don't tell us to tell you our stories at the same time? I mean, are you going to are you going to tell it from a, a center point of view and, and kind of just kind of be factual? Or are you going to put a slant on it? And also, I said, like, you know, I, I, it kind of it gets old after a while because it's, it's constantly happening. There's always a group here. It's always the same story. It's sort of like a 51st dates or whatever. Like it never stops going around and around. And I wanted to I wanted to kind of talk about it. it was and it was it was um, it was definitely interesting. So. They came, um, I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due, like the Jamie, the CBC reporter here, she did a story right after, and it was very fair and I, I, very like on point. And I respected that. And, but the interesting part was, is that when we were in the, we were, I tried really hard to make this little town hall work and it was raining and I, I was real busy with my marketing company. And one of the things I'm doing right now is I, like, I'm just, I, I, I never stop working. And sometimes like you're, you're literally like that more, well, that morning I was buying an antique blender because uh, I found a really good garage sale. <laughs> so that was my excuse to running behind. But it was really great. Actually, it's from 70, 1974. It was really great. <laughs> anyway, so I was obsessed with buying this blender. And then, so then I went. Um, and then um, I was going to document it too. So I had one of my camera guys there. and We were going to film it. And before my camera even got out, the host, who was nice, put the camera in my face and started asking me about my lesbian post. First time that has ever happened in person ever. Ever in person, it's happened. It happens all the time. Anyone wants to take a slot at me, they bring it up. Anyway, I, I, frankly, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I, you bring, but I, I handled it. And then I said to her, I said, you know, this was the interesting part. I said, you flew over here. Yeah, we flew over here. And instead of saying, well, you're a hypocrite because you're taking a plane, I said, what is the harm if that oil in that plane or the fuel, the the diesel, whatever they, the jet fuel, um, what if, what's the harm if that came from our great, wonderful community of Fort McMurray, and it kind of was like, she's like, you're kind of right. And at the end of it, they were kind of defending, hey, you guys have a right to produce oil. So um, it, it was definitely an interesting encounter that honestly could have went many different ways. But from now on, when they come, I, I want them to understand that, like, like I, I get it. Um, you know, she's like, Robbie, all you, you made that lesbian post, all you care about media and how dare you criticize media. Or don't you think that's hypocritical that you're criticizing media? And I'm like, well... I'm not saying that media can't cover stories. What I want you guys to do is understand that this has an impact on us. Like, I mean, every time we turn around, there's, uh, I mean, there's some sort of documentary film crew here. Some do, uh, some have an amazing time and they, they do good work and it's a good story. Uh, some are huge, like, and they have good big press, some completely backfire like Jane Fonda, but there's always someone come in here to kind of talk about us. And I have given like myself for the past five years, like uh, when they come, I give them the best tour possible. I try my best. 
I mean, I had a strange one where this one girl, she went and played the violin at an abandoned oil sand site. You know, she came in from New York <laughs> City to play a violin. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. Oh, I'm God. Cool. But um, I, it was the first time I think, I think we're kind of like, I think we're at that point now. We're going to say, okay, why are you here? What's the premise of your story? Are you coming here with an open mind? Or are you simply just going to fly over the tailings ponds and then take your video? And if so, well, then we're going to at least stand up and say, look, like there are people here with lives that this is their community and they care about it. And honestly, like we're just trying to get about our business. Like we're trying to get a pipeline approved. We're trying to figure out what we're doing about our low housing prices. Like, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's definitely an interesting world we're in, but I'm, I'm happy that there was a little bit of bite back. Yeah, I'm really pleased. And I think um, you're probably the, here's the thing. You're an oil sands activist. You do this uh, out of really the goodness of your heart. You're really not getting paid to confront these activists that come into your town. Um, but you're the only one who organized the pushback. And that's disappointing to me because you have an MLA, you have an MP and a mayor who they're getting paid to defend your community. And yet you are organizing the opposition. Um, and I hope after seeing what you were able to do on really a moment's notice um, that they sort of take up the reins and do what they were elected to do. And that's defend the best interests of Fort McMurray. I, I do hope, like, I, I want more, like, I'd like to see more support at these events that we try yeah. to put on. I agree with you there. Like, if this was Calgary, you'd have a lot more people. And, you know, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Now, next thing I wanted to talk to you about, of course, is the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion that has once again been put on hold so that it can go through more legal wrangling, apparently six um, new appeals are going to be heard. Um, and the main criticism, at least from me, is that the last time the pipeline was delayed, the court laid out, now agree or disagree with the court, normally I tend to disagree with these appeals courts um, decisions on pipelines, but they very clearly laid out to the liberals what they needed to do to meet the criteria to avoid the pipeline being delayed again. And it sounds like they didn't do any of that. And it, they also didn't make any arguments for or against the pipeline. They just let the activists run the show. And whether or not you agree with the pipeline, certainly it's the government's role to protect the taxpayer investment in that pipeline. And they didn't do any of it. What do you think? <sighs> I think that it's... Um very rude to call an election on September 11th. Yeah. Um, I have honestly no response for this. Um, I'm, it's, uh, we have an election coming up and I'm going to stay nonpartisan like I always have. But what I will say is that um, this pipeline is in our national interest. And you, when you elect people to office and they take roles of like energy minister attorney general or whatever, and they get in those positions. Yeah. And I understand that for a time period, when you're running for elections, like partisan politics is just insane. But you want to know that those people have the best interests of the country at heart. And you really want to believe that they didn't just spend seven point whatever billion dollars on them. I don't know what they paid for it. I mean, I hear different numbers, but it's 4.5 to start. Yeah. To start. So, okay. So 4.5 yeah. to start, but they're, I think they're projecting close to $7 billion. Um, $4.5 billion, which is a lot of money, which is, um, you know, 
in which we need this pipeline, it's in the national interest. And you would think that after paying that pipeline and taking our um, uh, Kinder Morgan out of the equation, that this would be a priority and you would have your best lawyers on it. You would not be dropping the ball. There would not be a single uh, T not crossed or an I not dotted. And I'm concerned. Um, when you have such, like we need this pipeline. There's, this isn't a, this isn't a want. Um, if we don't get this pipeline, what's going to happen is you're going to see Alberta like kind of collapse in time, maybe not right away, but it will, it'll slowly start to fizzle. Um, you're going to see uh, more investment leave. Um, you're going to see a lot of very, very angry Albertans. And I understand that parts of Canada are doing good economically. Well, that's really easy when, you know, you have a government borrowing money to prop it up. Um, but we in Alberta need this pipeline and long term, I would say four or five years from now, the rest of Canada will realize the importance of Alberta. I hope that, you know, it, it's uh, if we don't get this pipeline and they try to do something, say, in a, in a few years, it'll be too little too late. So now it boils down to which party can, I suppose, get a pipeline. And um, I'm I'm completely sad that this isn't a priority. This has not been taken seriously. I don't know what's happening. I don't, um, you know, I'm 41 years old. Um, that's not my grinder age. And um, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm blown away at the fact that this is not a priority. Um, you know, and, and we've been fighting this for quite a while and mostly on our own dimes. We don't have some U.S. whatever organization, trust fund babies, whatever, giving us a check for $2 million so we can continue to uh, do this. We're, like, I mean, I'm, we're, I'm doing the best I can with what I have, trying to keep my business going, advocacy in my spare time. And um, I'm terrified. Um, I don't have an answer to this. But once again, when you have a government that's been elected, you hope that no matter what happens, that they have the best interests of our country at heart. And that pipeline you know is a big deal. You know, when you think about it, what the liberals were willing to do for SNC-Lavalin, they were willing to literally break the law um, to do, uh, you know, a solid for a corrupt Quebec-based company, an engineering firm called SNC-Lavalin, uh, an engineering firm that once bought hookers for Momar Gaddafi's son and routinely brought him over to Canada to work on his English. Um, they were willing to break the law. And yet, he, when it comes to something that's in Alberta's best interest, but like you point out, in the best interest of the entire country, they couldn't even present a sound legal argument for or against to protect their investment. Um, and they do have the ability to say that this is in the national interest and just build a pipeline, but they aren't. And I think that says a lot about um, how this liberal government feels about Alberta and the West. You alluded to... Um, a $2 million um, handout to an environmental activist. Um, and that indeed happened. It, it was given to a woman who fancies herself to be the nemesis of Robbie Picard, Sephora Berman, a former Rachel Notley employee. She just got a $2 million U.S. climate award from an American environmental group called the Climate Breakthrough Project. And she's supposed to take that money 
to develop a strategic approach to limiting new oil and gas development globally to align with the UN Paris Agreement goals of a safe climate, at least according to the news release about the award. Now, the point I want to make is that if this were Russian money flowing into the country for any reason, but if it were flowing into, let's say, promote oil and gas, which the Russians would never do, they'd love to block our oil and gas, especially our gas. But if Russian money were dumping into the country to support things that conservatives cared about, everybody would be absolutely losing their marbles over this. Berman gets money from the Americans and nobody's talking about foreign collusion at all. Oh, you know, I've I've had a lot of time to think about Sapor Berman lately, and um, I'm not surprised that she's going to get this money. And I, and honestly, um, we know who's funding who's funding the the anti oil sands, anti Canadian movement, anti Canadian energy movement. And now that uh, Vivian Krauss, um, you know, the, she's done her research, and we're going to have the inquiry. We're going to find out more. But truthfully, what they're going to do is they're just going to change how they give the money. It's going to be done differently. And I think you're going to see more of this type of way of doing it. Um, you know, and I'm honestly, I, I am, I'm disgusted that more people aren't concerned about what has happened here. And, um, and there's not more outrage to this. Um, we all like, I mean, this, that, that $2 million is just part of what she, that's just, we know about that's not the rest of it. We don't may or may not know about in addition to her wage and all of the, the rest of the money that they have a, we as Canadians, I'm not even going to blame the government. Why we need to say, look, this is our future. And we have to get off this delusional notion that somehow that we are going to eradicate fossil fuels in the next 20 years. And, Frankly, if Canada stopped all oil production tomorrow, it would make no dent in the world's carbon pollution, period. So my, my friend, Sabora, um, I don't, I'm trying, candidly, I'm trying to figure out what to, how to respond to her. So after, you know, I opened the war room and I held up that sign that said, uh, Sabora Berman, enemy of the oil sands, um, you know, she's uh, constantly you know, bringing up about that she got attacked. Apparently, um, some guy tried to assault her at an airport. Now, that was pre, for the record, pre, um, that happened two years prior to the war incident. You know what? I, wa- I want to I talk about that. So before we skip ahead, actually, I, ha- I actually brought up the article on my computer because it is so unbelievable in that I literally do not believe it happened the way she described. It's part of an article from the National Observer called The Campaign to Silence Sapora Berman. And she she points out, or she alleges, that after she was appointed to the Oil Sands Advisory Group, so before Jason Kenney even announced that he's going to run for the leadership of the PCs, then win the leadership of the PCs, then unite the parties, and then run for the leadership of that party, and then win as premier. She alleges that somehow Jason Kenney and Donald Trump, who also at the time wasn't president yet, are somehow, due to their rhetoric, responsible for an alleged assault that happened to her 
in one of the most surveilled buildings in the entire country. And I can't even believe journalists are letting her get away with saying that. This. She says that she was at the Edmonton International Airport. And this, these are her words. So I imagine this is on the departure side through security. So she says uh, she was assaulted at the Edmonton airport. A huge man came toward me yelling at me. And then he grabbed me, started shaking me, and there was spit flying into my face. I was scared. I twisted away from him and ran into the women's bathroom and hid in a stall for a long time. She ventured out in time to board her flight the man had gone i absolutely i'm saying it right now i don't think this happened airports are watched and surveilled in real time there are literally people sitting watching monitors she wants us to believe a ginormous spittle-faced monster bigfoot of a man grabbed her in the edmonton airport throttled her until she writhed and twisted away and then ran off sobbing and hid in a bathroom and this man just sauntered off and got on a plane it's unbelievable and yet the media just lets her say these kinds of things it we see it all the time we're seeing it again with Catherine McKenna in an attempt to silence everybody who's critical of the carbon tax she's saying well this this rhetoric This being critical of me is somehow morphing into super misogyny. And this is just the, it's the new shut up. They used to call us racist. Now we're sexist because we don't like the carbon tax. And anything goes. Any manner of story that they just say without proof, apropos of nothing. Everybody just believes it like it's the gospel of Mark. I don't get it. Um, Okay, so... um... Sorry, I was on quite a tangent there. Robbie. No, no, and I, I, I'm going to actually, I've got a, I got a good response for this. Okay, so um, I'm going to leave Catherine McKenna's one. I'm going to set that aside because sure, um, that one I don't. I have never, I've never, I've never done a meme on Catherine. I've never, I've never, I don't. I try to stay nonpartisan. The oh, I've taken the odd shot at Trudeau when he, you know, dresses up as Mister Dress Up when he goes on an India trip, and <laughs> the fact that we don't have a pipeline. Um, but what I will do is I'll, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take this to another level here and I'm actually going to include you in this. So support Berman, for instance, like if somebody if somebody here's my message to support. OK, so I, I completely get it. Sapora. you and I don't agree like each other. And I I'm actually quite impressed that you got two million dollars for your rackets. Um, I mean, you have made an amazing, amazing career, um, you know, trying to shut down the industry that we're trying to protect. And I mean, you're ahead of us right now. I mean, wow, $2 million to fantasize about how you're going to get rid of fossil fuels. Good on you. But if somebody grabs you at an airport, um, call security and get them arrested. And I find it really funny how there's this outrage or something that no one saw happen uh, I'm not saying it did or didn't. I wasn't there, but you could probably actually, I mean, I imagine airports keep security footage for a very, very long time. You probably can name the time and date of your flight and you could probably find the perpetrator who grabbed you and, you know, spit in your face or, and go from there. And, and when it comes to people being physical, 
there needs to be a, a, not a double standard. So I have a friend of mine who um, is a reporter who was at a women's rally and some guy um, physically, you know, tried to punch her, punched her camera and the camera hit her in the head. It was all on tape and very few people on the left gave, uh, gave a sweet about it, even though she was uh, clearly a female and the, the entire video was quite passive. Hey, what are you up to? Why, you know, it wasn't even a, yeah. a typical thing. And that was on tape. And what did my friend do? She did everything within her power to get the guy exposed. So, support you have massive reach and you've got $2 million in the bank or you, you have access, yeah. to, uh, you know, do something. Um, call and find out who this guy was. Um, but at the same time, and this is where I'm struggling because um, I never want anyone to hurt Sapporo Berman, no. but Sapporo Berman. Um, and frankly, uh, my idea for calling her enemy of the oil sands came from Chatelaine magazine. And Chatelaine magazine did an article where she's, they said she's, uh, how did Sapporo Berman become um, the oil and gas number one enemy? Yeah, and they are, that, that's unreadable feminist garbage, Chatelaine magazine. So if it's okay for the feminists at Chatelaine magazine to say about her, then it's not sexist when you say it. My gay matey friend. Am I being sexist by not fighting the same fight? Uh, I don't. Um, I I don't care who my opponent is. I'm fair. I I try to fight fair. Um, I try not to be too personal. But I'm also not scared yeah. to stand up to anybody. And um, I've stood up to David Suzuki. I've stood up to Mike Edema. I've stood up to most of the green the, the Greenpeace crew. And Fonda. Fonda. Yes, Leonardo DiCaprio, Neil Young. I mean, it's not to me, it doesn't matter if someone's a woman or not. And frankly, I don't, most of my mentors, my business mentors, people in Fort McMurray are all females, business people, successful people. Um, and then pretty easy to work with. I recently actually had a really good conversation with the former energy minister, Margaret McCraig Boyd. Then I um, met with the current energy minister provincially. I got posed with a post picture with both of them. Um, I'm, you know, I've, I, I've, I've worked with Rachel Notley to the best of my ability when she was premier. I've tried to stay nonpartisan. So, but I'm not going to be silenced. And I think it's a very vicious thing to silence people by accusing them of uh, doing things. I'm uh, like trying to uh, imply that, what am I supposed to do? Like if, if someone's a woman, I'm supposed to take it like softer and not say the same things I'd say to a guy. Um, I don't think that's, that's how it is. I think if you, if you're support Berman is a public figure, She's very, very, I mean, it's hilarious. She's like, she does a, a post on Twitter. She's like, yeah, um, call to war, basically. Like, um, I don't know what the, what it was. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. She's like a sort of a war cry. Um, warrior up, warrior up, right? Okay. Yeah, right. You're warring up. And then if someone calls you out and says, well, you're enemy of the oil sands, all that's misogynistic. And, and um, if someone threatening you, Sephora, and call 911, you know, take care, take care of that. And if you're at an airport, I mean, that should be easy. Don't run to the bathroom, pull the fire alarm, go get security, do what you need to do. But don't scream, scream, <laughs> say, get your hands off me, like protect yourself, you know. Um, and I and, 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 and I, I don't quite know what the angle there. And I really hope that it's not, you know, just to silence us. I mean, um, I think that uh, I think that we're in a time where you're going to have a lot of people that are very upset about what's happening. And um, it's great that Ontario and Quebec are doing decent off to, because Alberta did decent for so long, but people are terrified. And frankly, for all of your support, for all of your environmental activism you've done, um, you haven't created one job in Alberta. 
it's not like any of this. I mean, if you look at, we have a free market system. So if you had an energy source tomorrow, I don't believe, I mean, if, if suddenly, okay, all this energy source was going to replace oil tomorrow, you'd see it. You're not. You're seeing windmills not work in Germany, going back to coal. You see that they've spent trillions of dollars on this so-called green energy, which is horrible. You see what's happened in Ontario with the power rates going up and people can barely feed themselves. So it's it's a very interesting time. And um, respectfully, I mean, um, I, I don't certainly don't want anyone to threaten her, but I'm not going to stop my advocacy out of fear because I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, she's my opponent on many, many issues. I, I was trying to find common ground, like something we could agree on. It's hard to agree with, on, with her. It really, truly is. I watched every video she's ever done, and then there's just not a lot, not a lot there to work with. Now, the last thing I wanted to talk to you about today, since you're being generous, so generous with your time, I'm going to take up a little bit more. Um, Amnesty International today. I remember when they used to care about people who were wrongly imprisoned, getting like the downtrodden out of like thought criminals, um, people who were political prisoners in the developing world, imprisoned by oligarchs, that sort of thing. Today they are standing up in favor of foreign billionaires and their ability to dump millions of dollars into Canada at activists like Sapora Berman. Uh, they say that Jason Kenney's um, inquest, let's call it, into foreign funding and foreign meddling in the Canadian economy and specifically in uh, blocking Alberta's oil and gas development, um, they've said that the energy war room is deeply concerning and they say these initiatives to protect Canada's economy somehow undermine and violate a range of Alberta's human rights obligations. Standing up for foreign billionaires while Albertans lose their jobs, their homes, their families, and everything they ever worked for. What happened to Amnesty International? Um, I'm going to blame I'm going to blame Fort McMurray on this. Whoa! Um, and here's what we failed to do. Um, um, I'll even take some of the responsibility. Clearly, people at Amnesty International have this notion that there's something wrong happening in Fort McMurray. They think that there's all these people that for some reason don't have good paying jobs or first nations that um, own, you know, half a billion dollars of a Suncor tank farm. Um, and they th somehow think that this isn't a good thing. They somehow think that what is going on in Fort McMurray is bad. And we've done a really, really lousy job of articulating what we are to the world. And as much as I'm trying my best, and we are getting better at it constantly to get, put a better message out there, we, as Canadians, as, as Albertans, and as people who live in Fort McMurray, we need to really stop letting this happen and fight because um, our lives are comfortable. They're not as comfortable as Sapporo Berman's, but they're pretty comfortable here. Um, and I think, but there's a lot of uncomfortable. There's a lot of people losing their jobs. There's a lot of poverty in Alberta right now. If we don't get our message out there, I mean, there's, we've allowed this support Berman and Mike Kadima and all of these people to paint this picture of who we are to the world. And clearly Amnesty International, I mean, they need to have their heads examined if they think it's a bad thing for our premier to actually give um, to care 
about the future of the province. Um, I, you know, I respect a lot of what Rachel Notley did, but the one thing I strongly disagree with is this notion of social license. So clearly that's a big failure. Um, if we don't get a pipeline built, if we don't get market access, the United States will slowly, slowly um, become, um, well, they're only, are really our only customer, um, but they're going to become, they're going to buy our oil for cheaper. We're going to sell it less and less, and we won't have a market. So um, this is the war room. I mean, if it does anything um, with the inquiry, it'll open up, okay, what is happening here? We all know what's happening. It'll just make it more black and white. And I respect our premier for having the courage to actually try and do something. Um, it's not an easy thing to do, but like, you know, what we all know what's wrong. I mean, the, the people, the documentary people, they said it too. Like, we don't have a problem with your oil. Now, whether they come out in the movie or whatever they're, whatever they're doing with it, I'm not entirely sure, but I, I'm telling you right now, like, it's just, we, we here in Alberta and, and the rest of Canada, we really got to step up in this and not accept what's happening. And it's hard because they come at you from every different angle. They work on multiple strategies, multiple front fronts. Um, I mean, it's, but it's, it's not right. And it'd be really nice to get a united message. It'd be nice if all Canadians on this one topic about energy sovereignty agree and get the message out there. So clearly, I mean, Amnesty International, for them to say that, they have a bad impression. And that comes because we're not loud enough. I mean, you have Naomi Klein today in New York with Greta Thunberg. I mean, Greta is such a brilliant climate expert, you know, with all of her vast experience and knowledge. Um, I mean, very sarcastic. Um, uh, you know, that's the pa the picture they're getting. Like, I mean, Naomi Klein's with Mayor Bill de Lazio. She's painting this picture. Well, Amnesty International, all those places, like they, they spend a lot of time in New York and that's what they're hearing. So, I mean, I, we need to say, we need to spend a lot of time, energy, educating the world on us quickly and simultaneously build a pipeline. And um, the, the whoever the government is in six weeks, um after this election they need to put the pipelines I, I even two pipelines as in the national interest the same as the railroad and if that happens and maybe we have a shot but if we don't get that and we continue this nonsense that we're doing now i don't know and amnesty international i mean we, we're the greatest country in the world um for many reasons um people talk about like i had a conversation the other day about all these people, you know, immigrants saying, well, you know, Canadians, they're not accepting as immigrants and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, the way Give I look at break. it, the way I look at it is this, if our country wasn't great, why are so many people trying to get into it? Same with the States. If America wasn't so great, why are people trying to get into it? If Mexico is better than the States, why would they just stay there? The matter that we're very lucky the America, Canada and America for this time period are probably the greatest two countries in the world. We still have a very good capitalist society. And if you work hard, you can get ahead. And and if you're if you screw up, there's social programs for you. It's almost a perfect balance. And if we don't protect it by protecting our economy and our future and our um, infrastructure to get our oils to market, we're going to be screwed. And I don't know why they're trying to screw us so bad, but partially is because we're a very big country with a very small population and what we achieve what we achieve with what we have is amazing but we need to we need to 
never mind just explaining it to the world. We need to believe it ourselves. And we don't. Uh, I think we need to explain it to some of our fellow Canadians, <laughs> our fellow Canadians in British Columbia, our fellow Canadians in uh, Quebec. I think um, we haven't done a lot to educate them um, on how th how they benefit from a wealthy Alberta. Now, Robbie, I want to give you a chance to uh, tell everybody how they can find the work you do. Um, and support the work you do because, m like I pointed out, most of this, all the most of the advocacy advocacy you do is out of pocket. It's real simple. Um, go to oilsandstrong.com and buy two shirts and a hoodie, and then make sure to wear it at your government, um, local government building, like the Senate, and get your picture taken. <laughs> That's fantastic, Robbie. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you for having me. Premier Jason Kenney said it best when he responded to the busybodies at Amnesty International this way. He said Amnesty International used to actually fight for releasing prisoners of conscience. Now it's fighting to protect foreign-funded billionaires from transparency when they're funding a campaign to landlock Canadian energy. Kenney also said Amnesty International should be more concerned about the world's use of oil from countries with poor human rights records like Saudi Arabia and Russia instead of Canada. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.